And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. Tired of that same old, same old breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same old tasting scrambled eggs, burger, that dinner steak, ribs, or pork chops. Why not add a little bit of spice or just a touch of heat to make the difference? Change that scrambled egg with a little bit of Johnny Fabulous's John Cena Sr.'s Million Dollar Jalapeno Hot Sauce. Great on burgers, steaks, chops, and those barbecued ribs. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast. Monty and Farrell, I have the best time ever! Hey, listen, Daddy, you're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Farrell, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. <laughs> Jimmy, I gotta tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what? What else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man, we need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty and a Faro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they could tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. Uh, but that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the star of the show, because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day, and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of... Tommy Rich, I want a picture of whatever. And boy, that's on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock too. Join. Good times surely will come 
South Omaha boys with your wrestling legends, Mike Halick, formerly known as Mansar, and Tank of the Truth Commission, and Mr. Paul New, Cannonball Grizzly, and former WCW wrestling star, PN News. Without further ado, here are your hosts. Ooh. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. What's up, my brother from another mother? How the hell are you today, man? Good seeing you. Dude, dude, it just seems like uh, the day's never ending. It's, uh, it's man. you know, one rolls into the next, right? But it's a great just, time, man. Living yeah, exactly. Every day, every day is something new, and I'm enjoying things right now. I'm happy to be here with you. I'm happy to be here with Tim. We're making great things happen. And hopefully uh, we're entertaining the hell out of a lot of people because uh, well, we're a couple fat, we're, we're a couple fat, funny motherfuckers. Yeah, man, I don't know about you, brother, but I am simply outstanding as always, baby. Often imic- imitated, never duplicated. Right, right. No, I, so. You know what? I've heard that have you? I might have stole that. that. I might. I might. I might have stole that shit from you, man. Just like I stole the bump over the top rope that I take ten times better than you. But hey, that's all good, man. Well, I, you know, that's that's up for debate. That's all kind of debatable. But the thing is, is I used to do the Mexican backwards over the bump flip on the turnbuckle. Uh, over the fucking top rope backwards, bro. Dude, no, Are dude. You serious? Yeah. So, yeah, so what you do is you go into the corner with your back hitting first, and then I'd hit with my back first, and then my legs would come over the top, and then I'd end up going outside the ring. So it was kind of a reverse Ric Flair, and I could do the Ric Flair as well. So, I mean, you know, often imitated, never duplicated. Oh. You said a mouthful, my friend. Wow, <laughs> buddy. You are a nimble fat fucker, aren't you? I am, brother. They, they just call me Symbol Nimble. <laughs> Don't let your meatloaf, baby. <laughs> right, right. So listen, so listen. I just want to give a shout out, man, to Universal Talent Bookings and Monty and the Pharaoh Show for bringing us on this wonderful platform of over seven hundred thousand listeners. And uh, we hope to be. Yes, yeah, so you heard me right, well, buddy. Well, we're not. We're not doing this on our own. You mean we got we got backup? We got backup, bro. And we brought the fucking cavalry with us, man. We brought hey, the Calvary, baby. Hey, hey, Tim, why don't you say hello, bud? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I am so excited to be here with Mr. Mike Halick, 
formerly known as Mantar, and Paul New, formerly known as PN News. I just want to touch base upon something real quick, guys, and I'm going to have the floor to you. I'm very excited about this fight coming up with Jake Paul and Tommy Fury, man. And, uh, you know, as you said earlier, Jake Paul is 6-0, Tommy Fury's 8-0. But the difference, man, is that every time I bet against Jake Paul, he comes through and surprises me and wins every time. I mean, he's knocked out Anderson Silva. He's knocked out Tyron Woodley. He's knocked out, you know, Ben Askren. These guys are UFC legends, man. And I'm a martial artist. A lot of people forget part of mixed martial arts is striking. And a large part of mixed martial arts is ground and pound. And Jake Paul, man, surprises every time. So I got to be different this time and actually put my money on Jake Paul because I think he's going to knock out Tommy Fury. That's all I got to say about that one. Listen, that's not what Tyson Fury said to Fight Hub TV. <laughs> Tyson Fury said that his brother Tommy was going to knock out Jake Paul, buddy. And you know what? Boxing is fixed anyway, man. Are you kidding me? All that shit is all that shit is fucking fake, man. You know, all the people want the people want to say, say that professional is, wrestling. The people want to say that professional wrestling's fake. I'm just gonna fucking come right out and say it. Fucking boxing is fake. It's all farce. All I'm gonna say, I'm gonna honestly say to this is the original Tyson, Mike Tyson, is calling for Jake Paul to win this match. So that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be excellent. I I'm looking forward to it. I normally I wouldn't have watched it, but now I'm I think I'm gonna go have to take a look at this. Uh, problem is, is it like in the middle of the night for me? Uh, it's not like you guys, you know, living the dream over there, living in the in the right hemisphere of the world. It's nighttime and your daytime. It's right right now. We're living at uh, 9:04 p.m. on a Saturday night, and I'm and I ain't got nobody. I ain't got nobody to kiss. You know? Listen, buddy, so you can kiss me. I appreciate you guys uh, staying staying with us right now. And no, uh, that Jake Paul is going to be interesting. I, I watched I watched some of his training, uh, Tim, and um, the video. He's got some good hands. He's got really good hands. Mm -hmm. I'll give the feed to Tommy, but I just don't think Tommy's heart's in it. Is like I was saying in the in the other podcast. Because I mean, he's 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 around the heavyweight champion of the world. His dad's boxer trainer, um, and he's 24 years old, and he's only had eight professional matches. To me, it just sounds like his heart's not in it. And this is going to be a payday. I mean, imagine the kind of money he's going to make on this payday. I mean, he if he puts some money out, buys a little bit of real estate with what's left over after he pays everybody out. If he buys a little bit of real estate, he doesn't have to worry about a damn thing for the rest of his life. This is what. You know the average the average Joe out there that probably listen to our podcast, they won't make that kind of money in the next five years. It'll take they them twenty five years. Kind of money money. In the next five fucking lifetimes. What are you talking about? There you, you know? go. There you go. Well, I think the yeah, greatest I to buy most exciting the most exciting part of boxing has always been the heavyweights. So, in your guys' opinion, who is the goat? Of heavyweight championship boxing like who do you think's the greatest of all time in heavyweight champions man i don't know buddy i, I mean you know i mean muhammad ali was fucking great but you know the end of his career he lost a lot of fights um tyson was great but tyson was a loose fucking cannon right and um because he really wanted to kill the motherfucker that he was in the ring with you know 
we all just talked about it and that motherfucker really wanted to kill somebody in there. You know, I heard, I seen some stories on the internet the other day. I was reading on Mike Tyson and I heard that one of his bodyguards used to go out and recruit chicks to come in the locker room and fuck Tyson before he went out to fight in his big fights because he would say, if you don't get me some broad in here to fuck right now, I'm going to go out there and kill that motherfucker tonight. And so he'd want to bust another bitch. And then, so he wouldn't go out and kill that guy. Right. And so, you know, he was, he was a weird cat, man, you know, and, and speaking of Tyson, he's really changed his life around, man. He's got, yeah. he's got his, he's got his hands in, and like a energy drink, energy powder. He's got his hands in fucking marijuana. You know, he looks good. He's healthy. I mean, he walks around watching Mike Tyson walk around. It's like watching me walk around. You can tell that we're old, we're old fucking fighters and that we've been through a lot of fucking wars, right? You can tell his body's fucked up and my body's fucked up, you know, but I got well, yeah. yeah, but you know what you're right about? You're right about Tyson, Mike. Um, and the thing is, is uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know about the story. It could be legit. I mean, that, that's the speculation. I have no idea. Um, I do respect what he did. I mean, he was he was a hard hitter. But when Customato died, I think uh, I think he that lost helped in his career. He lost it. I think Customato was really key to him. Was and, his direction? And, and, yeah, and then and then the thing with we talk about Muhammad Ali, and I don't know a lot of the fighters that came before Muhammad Ali because I wasn't alive back then. But I remember as a kid watching Muhammad Ali. And that was really the heyday of professional boxing. You had yeah. so many, you had Foreman, you had Holmes, you you know, you, you had Ali. I mean, it was really an amazing time for boxing. And then even into the 70s, even in the, even into the, Smoking Joe, and even into the 70s, where you had, you had those lighter guys like Hearns and, and Hernandez and, and uh, Sugar Ray Lanners and those guys tearing it up too, man. I mean, those, the 70s and, into the early 80s that was really a really great time for professional boxing it, it was man but i think you know mm -hmm. professional boxing is dead now in my opinion you know they're not making any money they're not selling any seats and you Since know the you know floyd mayweather he's he's made his fucking fortune but he's blew a lot of it i heard but i heard that he uh, i heard him and uh him and this Paul one were talking about fighting too again, you know. Um, but Jake Paul said that, you know, Floyd would have to share some of the fucking purse because Floyd always wants a hundred fucking million when he fights, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, well, I, I don't know. Floyd Mayweather I don't know if you know. uh, Logan Paul last year. Logan never got paid from that fight. Did you guys know that? Floyd Mayweather Jr., Floyd Mayweather's promotion, money team promotions, still owes Logan Paul money from that fight. That's what, That's what I heard. That's bad news, man. Just, yeah. I mean, it's going to hurt It's going to hurt his business. It's going to hurt his life, his name. You know what I mean? You can't do that to your, uh, to, to your name. You know what I mean? You become a product, and you can't do that. As SOB grows, there's, not, there's nothing we're going to do that's going to hurt our product. We're not going to do stuff. If we got to pay somebody, we'll pay somebody. Right, but the SOB Sports Network is is our that's our brand, and Meriwether is a brand, 
You know what I mean? Once you start doing stuff to uh, not paying people, that's just bad news for a brand. You know what I mean? Yeah, most most definitely. You know what I mean? Because, you know, that guy's in there. He's making you look good. Even if you fucking beat him, they're going to say, you know what, man? That was a fucking great fight. And this fucking Logan Paul, man, put up a fucking really good show. And that just shows you how good Floyd Mayweather is if he beat this cat because that was one hell of a fight. And then you go on and not pay the fucking guy. That's the worst thing that, that you can do. That's not a reputation Tim. that I want to have. Tim, Tim, what's your, what's your call? What do you, how long is it going to go? When's, when's Paul going to take it? The schedule for eight rounds. Yeah, yeah, you're you jumped out there. Knock out Tommy Fury in the first three rounds. I think I think it's gonna go into the third round, and if it makes it into four, I'll be surprised. But I think Paul is gonna knock out Tommy Fury within the first three rounds. That's that's my call because you know Tommy Fury hasn't fought anybody. He the only real the only thought about him is he's a Fury last name. He's been fighting tomato cans, and Jake Paul has actually fought real competition. So, yeah, Tommy Fury has fought against guys with like a combined record of like 32 and fucking 307, right? I mean, he has fought didn't one of them. Didn't one of them have, didn't one of them have a wooden leg? And <laughs> <laughs> hey, big leg, come over here and throw a punch, man. That's that, but that's what his, that's what his career's been. His brother Tyson is the fucking fighter. Tommy is just trying to scoop up some fucking chips on his own, in my opinion, of being on his brother's coattails, right? Yeah. That's what I think. I think if you put Andy Kaufman in the ring with Tommy Fury, Andy Kaufman would win, and Andy Kaufman's been dead for 40 years. Yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't noticed, we are very sarcastic, and we're very open-minded, and we speak it. So if you're offended, too bad. Yep, and you know what? We're just here to make your day greater, make your life better, and shine some sunshine on everybody's life, right? That's what you it's don't all have about. to agree with us. You don't have to agree with what we're saying. It doesn't matter. We're here for the entertainment. You know, you're you're all welcome to uh, just follow along, and and I'm sure that people on some of these platforms, people are going to be uh, making their comments. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of comments like eat a salad. And, yeah, uh, and, and I eat a salad every day with chocolate cake. You know, man, I, mean? I can, I can tell. I can you, tell. You, you like, do you like pies, Mike? Do you like pies, brother? I can eat a whole pie. Let I me know, tell you, know, with, whipped cream. With, with, with whipped cream, with whipped cream, bro. With well, whipped in cream. the summertime, it'd be all the mode. It'd be all the mode in the summertime, wouldn't it, bro? If listen, if you ever seen me sit in fucking Perkins and order a pumpkin pie and a pitcher of fucking milk, I'll sit there and eat that whole fucking pie until it's gone, man. Right. I I've don't... seen you. I've seen you at Perkins. And when you sit at Perkins, you sit around Perkins. I'm large and in charge, baby. That's Nationwide, baby. Nationwide. Yeah. So listen, I don't want to change the subject, but I want to talk some fucking sports here that I find that these athletes are absolute incredible athletes. And I know that when I get behind the wheel of a car, I always want to be fucking Mario Andretti, man. 
I miss Germany. I miss driving on the Autobahn doing 160 fucking miles an hour because that shit is just a plain adrenaline rush, and I love it. So I want to talk to you're in Florida. You're in Florida, and I'm in Germany. And got, you know what my day car is? I've got a uh, e, I got a Mercedes E class three three sixty, and dude, I go every day, every morning. I get up and I drive to Bremen, which is fifty kilometers away, and I've got about a twenty kilometer stretch where it's open speed limit, right? And I'm always I'm always pushing the envelope. I'm over I'm about 110, 120 each time I do it. But you got to be careful because you know, it's like over here those tr those trucks, all the, the the drivers, the big semis, they're not allowed to drive as fast as other cars like they are in the states. They are only allowed to go like 100 kilometers an hour or 80 kilometers an hour. So you got to avoid these these cocksuckers pulling out in front. Well, of them. you know, here in the state of Florida, speed limit is 75 miles an hour. And if you're not driving 85, 90, you're going to get fucking run over. And they don't allow semi-trucks to drive in the fast lane over here, you know, but it is balls to the walls, man. Every time I'm going up I-75, man, I'm like hauling ass. So I saw, I, saw you, man. I saw you at the Daytona 500. I swear, man, I think you were one of those cars, weren't you? Ha, 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 ha. Fucking fat no, fuck. but tell, no, tell, no, tell us about it, man. Tell us about what, what you what you're saying about the Daytona. It was a close race. It was good at the end. It was pretty yeah. exciting. Yeah, the yeah. Daytona 500 was fucking great, man. Daytona, Florida was last Sunday. There was over 150,000 people sold the place out. And I know I tried to get tickets. I couldn't get tickets, man. But I'll tell you what, I got my tickets for next year. But the winner of the 2023 Daytona 500 was a huge surprise. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., ladies and gentlemen, he won by less than a half a second going over 220 miles an hour for four hours straight, bro. That shit is fast, it's furious, and it's action-packed. You know, a lot of people say, I fucking hate NASCAR. You know, I have to admit, NASCAR is a little boring when you watch it on TV, but I've been to a few NASCARs and I'll tell you what, man, they are fun. They are exhilarating and they are exciting to hear them fucking cars go. Boom, 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 boom. You know, it's fucking great. You know, Ricky Stenhouse, this is his third career win in the NASCAR series. And it's his first win since 2017, you know, but for me, the most important question is, can the 2022 NASCAR champion, Louis Joey Logano, can he defend his championship title this year? It's going to be tough, you know. Joey's always been, for me, one of them semi-main event guys. But the fucker wins on a regular basis. You know, he drives that Penske Ford, man, and he is fucking fast, man. That yellow 22 flies, man, and it, it, it rolls off the truck ready to go in race trim every week you know is he your favorite then to, to to continue and uh well i mean there's gonna be a lot of guys making a run for the for the championship but hey can you can you explain to people that don't know about nascar the difference between the cup and and some of these other races that are going on so for example um in, in nascar 
Um, they have the main series, which is NASCAR. And then they have like the NXT version of the NASCAR and they call that Xfinity races. And they also have truck races. So when they show up and they pull up into these towns every weekend, usually you get trucks on Friday nights, you get the Xfinity series on Saturday afternoon, and then the NASCAR series races on Sunday afternoon. And some of the guys that race in truck, they race in Xfinity. Some of the guys that race in Xfinity, they race in NASCAR. So these, these people are very familiar with what they're driving and the tools that they have and the horsepower they've had have underneath them. And you know what? Some guys are a mainstay in trucks, but I think they drive the Xfinity car better. Some guys in the Xfinity, they come and make the jump to NASCAR and boom, they're instant stars. This Ty Gibbs, he, he's uh, Joe Gibbs' grandson. This kid is 19 years old. And I think he won like eight Xfinity races last year. You know, and, and Joe Gibbs, Kyle Busch has moved over to Joe Gibbs Racing um, this year, which was a huge, a huge uh, move. And, um, and Kyle Busch just landed himself in a bunch of trouble yeah. in Mexico. This dumb fucker took his family on vacation and packed a pistol took a pistol with them. I mean, how fucking stupid is that, right? I mean, they I've heard they I've heard they sentenced him already to like three years and you know just some fucking crazy shit. And I'm thinking, here's the fucking guy that's on top of his game and he and he's gonna do three years in a Mexican fucking prison. That can't be no fucking fun. So is this gonna be another Britney fucking grinder situation or what? That's what I'm thinking. I don't, I don't think it'll drag out that long. But the thing about that, Mike, is, I mean, yeah, it's a dumb move like that, but I've been on with friends, uh, and we're leaving the Omaha airport, and he got, he's got his backpack with him, and he's forgotten that he's got his, he's got his handgun in and, and ammunition. He just didn't even think about it. You know, he packed his stuff, packed a suitcase, and he threw his, uh, he had his back in, in a separate pocket. He had his, he had his handgun in there. And he, and he forgot it, you know what I mean? And, and he just forgot all about, you know, okay, it's not a felony there. It's just that he had to get that, he had to get the gun out of the airport there. Um, and this was, yeah, this is prior to this, yeah, early 2000s or something like that. But um, yeah, it was just, it was just, uh, it's just one of those things. I he, he, I don't think he, did he, he must have not did it intentionally, but what were they over there in his car? I would like to know the details of how he had a weapon over there in the first place. And if it was just in his car, he might have just uh, it might have just slipped his mind. I mean, we're all human, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we all we all fuck up and do stupid shit, right? But I mean, you know, if you're taking your family on vacation, you know, you would know that you put a fucking gun in your suitcase, wouldn't you? I mean, just like Brittany Griner said, well, I didn't know that I had a fucking vape pin in my suitcase. Shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Because yeah, I, think you know baby, I think that's just better than a weapon. Listen, but, but I think but, but Brittany Griner, Griner's excuse was she forgot that it was in there. You know, fuck that shit. I've made, I've made many trips back and forth traveling across countries, and I know when I'm fucking putting some drugs in my fucking suitcase. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one thing to play fucking stupid, but it's another thing to think that every fucking buddy believes that stupidity that's coming out of your mouth, right? 
Yeah, but you're in, especially in a country like Russia, where they're really, they really, oh, even if it's a soft drug like marijuana, they really, uh, they throw the book at you. They're, they have a, oh, they have a zero policy uh, in Russia when it comes to bringing those drugs in and out of the country. And yeah, it was, it was really, it was a move from her. We all make them, but um, it, was dumb, it was a really dumb move for her. I, I wouldn't run it. That's, that's for damn sure. Uh, I, every country I ever go to, I always check out what the rules are. Uh, before I go to the country, you know, right? just to, play, you know? Just to so. bring yourself up to date on what you can and cannot do, right? Because you don't want to end up in some fucking prison in Pakistan for 25 fucking years, do you? No, fuck no. no. You know, and you ever, I mean, in, you ever been in a Turkish prison? Uh, no, I can't say I have, brother. <laughs> you ever been in the cockpit of an airplane? <laughs> um, I don't think I'd fit in the cockpit of an airplane. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? In that film, anyone, anyone, anyone? 1979, Airplane. Okay, so back to NASCAR. Yes, we are in the airplane. part of the Sky Mile Club. <laughs> now, I, I've been there. I've been there and I've seen that, okay? But I don't know this other shit that he's talking about. Everybody knows. So, kind of curious, man. So, no, anyway, back to NASCAR, man. My favorite driver is Kyle Larson, number five. Number five. Drives the number five car, races for Hendrick Motorsports. I love Kyle Larson. He is my favorite guy, man. And this fucker is only like five foot fucking six and about 145 pounds uh, soaking wet. He is fucking small, man. You know, I've always wanted to drive them NASCARs, and I'm thinking... Fuck, I wonder if they have a NASCAR where the door actually opens so I can get in and drive one, right? Because no matter who they are, even if it's little, you know, Bill Elliott, uh, Speedway fucking doing NASCAR fucking uh, runs and selling them for $250 for like two laps, right? But still, I would fucking love to be able to slide in that fucking window and get in that driver's seat because they make the driver's uh, seats custom made to fit the drivers right can you imagine what my fucking seat's gonna look like bro goose you know i think through that window it's gonna be goose fat, a lot of goose fat you have to lather yourself up i mean i'm in the same boat we'd have to lather ourselves a lot of goose fat on the outside of our body but then we're really i mean then fuck that flame retardant retarded shit because because all that that goose, goose fat would set us on fire or something really happy go wrong. But yeah, dude, I, yeah, dude, I'd love to yeah. see you in that NASCAR, dude. You'd be like, you'd be like this over the steering wheel. There's just not, yeah, there's just no room in those son of bitches. You'd be up there and your head to be over. No there. man. Hey, what's that, Dad? There's a head driving the car over there. What the hell, dude? And, and the thing is, is I I don't think I could wear a fucking helmet because I don't think they fucking make one to fit all these brains, man. So when uh, Mike started driving race cars, I the Jim Croce song, man. <laughs> you know, you know that when Mike starts driving race cars, man, I have to I have to keep the song. <laughs> Listen, I think I can get in the car and get in the seat, but it went dumps. When it comes time to getting out of the fucking seat, I would need to reach over and push that fucking button where it electronically stands you on your feet, right? You know, the recliners that they got nowadays, 
that fucking raises up off the ground and they raise you up. So for them old people that can't get up out of the seat, fuck, I'm thinking the other day I'm sitting in my fucking recliner and I'm trying to get up and I'm trying to get up and I'm like, what the fuck? Where's this button at, man? I need the fucking, I need a chair with the fucking button to get out of this fucking thing, man. This thing sucked me fucking in and I can't get up. Yeah, you got that extra, you got that extra tray thing there instead of the button that holds the cake and <laughs> and the salad. Right man, I ain't got no fucking tray, man. Get, I ain't got no tray, man. Get it right, bitch. I got a fucking platter. A platter, right? right. It's my Hallie. It's Mike the Hallie. difference between stock car? Yeah, Mike Hallie. So, what's the, so people that don't know, like I, for one, don't know. What's the difference between stock car and NASCAR? So, stock car has engines that go fast around a quarter mile or a half mile track. NASCAR has engines that go three times as fast around the same fucking area, around the same size track. You know, it's the horsepower in the cars. Like the stock cars, they're just some fucking shit that you work on in your garage. You know, basic car engines, maybe souped up a little bit. You know, there's not a lot of horsepower there. You know, when you start getting to an Xfinity and NASCAR, that's where you really start getting into the fucking horsepower that drives them cars down the speedway 220 miles an hour. I mean, I don't give a fucking shit who you are. That is impressive. And that shit, I've driven 160 miles an hour, and that scared the fucking shit out of me, man. I can't imagine going 220 miles an hour no chance and then when you're doing when you're doing 160 and even on these on these uh, highways over here the, the engineering on these highways in germany i mean they're, they're really smooth it's it's a smooth road right but when you're getting in these cars and you're doing 160 and a mercedes or a bmw or something like that you just get that feeling like at any moment any moment that car is going to take off you're it's going to so take fast. off like an airplane because you got all that lift underneath. I mean, it's, it's not like the drag on a, on a regular streetcar is as perfect as it is on a NASCAR or on a Formula One or something like that. And you get, you really do. You're, you're, light, you're as light as air because all that air that's getting underneath those, those vehicles and you really do feel light. And I mean, well, I, I couldn't imagine putting a tire at that speed, man. Well, listen, man, I don't, I don't, maybe you're just a fake fat guy because I've been 375 pounds or more since I've been fucking 18 years old. And so I don't think I ever have to worry about flying away in a fucking NASCAR because I'm 400 fucking pounds. I'm, a, I'm, I'm as light as a feather, brother. I, I, I do it mentally right here. I do it in the brain, man. I, I think feather light, feather light. Boom. Feather light, feather light. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think I agree with that, man. There's not a lot up there in that fucking noggin of yours, bro. Right, right. So is it pretty safe to say that Dale Earnhardt was the goat as far as the stock car drivers, Dale Earnhardt Jr. As far as NASCAR drivers, Dale Earnhardt was by far the fucking goat. And you know, some guy asked me this the other day on a podcast. He said, Mike. He says, Who do you think, if ever? that will replace Dale Earnhardt Sr. as the GOAT. And 
What I said to them was, I would have thought that his son would have filled his father's shoes, but that's a lot of pressure to step into your father's identity and be him. And I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. has done a great job. He's actually retired already. You know, after, after his dad died, he raced for a couple of years and just said, fuck it. Because for, I think when his dad died, I think part of the passion for the sport died with him. And, you know, who am I to judge Dale Earnhardt Jr. for retiring way before he should have? You know, I mean, his father was in his 50s when he got killed, I believe, 40, late 40s, early 50s. And the only person that I can think of that could possibly step into being the GOAT would be Jimmy Johnson. And I only say Jimmy Johnson because Jimmy Johnson won seven NASCAR championships. And he won some of them with the new format. And, you know, I don't know if you guys know how they score NASCAR, but it's on a point system and they, they, they score you on where you finish in the race and you're not going to win seven championships. If you're crashing out or you're going to get a, a DNF that did not finish or you finish 25th, you're only going to win championships. If you're in the top five or 10, every fucking week and you're winning a lot of races jimmy johnson won a shit ton of races for hendrick motorsports and in hendrick when jimmy johnson was winning all the championships my favorite driver was jeff gordon the 24 not the 48 i love jeff gordon i was a huge i'm still a jeff gordon fan jeff gordon's doing a great job announcing since he stepped out of the race car uh, but jimmy johnson actually made a comeback this year in the daytona 500 he raced, um, he raced the number 84 car, actually. The 48 turned around. He raced the number 84 car, and he fucking did an excellent job, man. He was the Jimmy Johnson of old. And the thing is about NASCAR, every week, every Sunday when they race, you only got a legitimate chance of six, maybe eight guys out of 43 that have a chance to win the fucking race. Because these one-car teams that don't have a lot of money, that don't have a lot of sponsorship, there ain't no way in fucking hell that they're going to come close to winning the race because they just don't have the funds. They don't have the equipment. They don't have the nice cars like these big fucking uh, Childers Racing and Joe Gibbs Racing and JTG Racing and Hendrick Motorsports, you know, Penske. They don't have these fucking this money. These fucking race cars cost a half a million dollars a piece. And some of these teams have 10 or 12 cars sitting in the fucking garage in Charlotte, North Carolina, just waiting to be rolled out on the fucking track, right? And these small companies, they only got one car, and that's the one on the fucking racetrack. And that's the same car that they bring to every track. They just change the engine and the parts in the car. That's all. So them guys ain't got no chance of fucking winning. And that's why Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500 last week was such big news because he's only won three races in his career and he hasn't won since 2017. So he was a total sleeper in the race. His odds, I think when I looked at his odds on Sunday, I think his odds were 30 
to one. 30 to one. Well, speaking of news, man, how about PN news? Because, you know, like back in the day, PN news used to do rap battles with Sir Mix-a-Lot. So I wonder how he would have done in race cars. Dude, I'm yeah. torn up in race cars, man. I'm Listen, you, yo, yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. Why don't you just play a little quick rap down for us here, fat guy? Ain't happening. It ain't happening? The mind no, don't work that. on WCW Worldwide, and Dusty Rose said, "Can I give it a try?" Because yo, baby, yo, Dusty was on the mic rapping with with PN, man. It was hilarious. Well, this, I'm gonna let me tell you something. Dusty might be able to rap, but I can rap like Dusty, if you will. Tower power, too sweet to be sour. Woo, let's get funky like a monkey. No, yeah. there's your rap. That's a Dusty Rose impression. No, that's, that's a um, great Dusty Rose impression, bro. Great Dusty Rose impression. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Best I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So no. no so speaking I, of Dusty Rose, because I never, I never, I never really followed. Uh, I never really followed uh, NASCAR the way you do, but I was always interested. And I seen you, uh, you know, when you speculate on some of those games, and, and dude. You used to always be really excited. And I know you went to Kansas City when you're up at Ma. You, you'd go down to some of those races. And I think you're in a good location now where you can really see a lot of those, those events. And as, as we move forward, I'll start getting into the NASCAR scene a little bit more. And I'll be able to uh, I'll be able to uh, have some input into this. Um, it's, it's interesting listening to you talk, Mike, because it's, you know, the pointing, the system, the different types of races and everything like that. Uh, the the Earnhardt family, everybody knows about that. Um, no, it's just good stuff. And I mean, Jimmy Johnson, uh, dude, I mean, those are all household names. And I mean, those are the guys that brought NASCAR. I mean, NASCAR used to be like a redneck, uh, redneck uh, event. You know, you know, people look down on like they did wrestling back in the 70s and 80s. And then in the 90s and then the early 2000s. NASCAR really took off, man. Then they, you know what? I'm convinced they took a play. You know, it's just like the NFL. They took a, they took part of Vince's playbook. You know what I mean? And they didn't make it. It wasn't just. A, it wasn't. It was no longer just a race. It was an event. An event. You know what I mean? So, so everything became an event, and that's why the NFL does what they do. And I mean, they're the. I mean, they're top red runners in the, in the sports industry, in the sporting industry in the United States. But uh, definitely NASCAR is, they've done some interesting stuff and it, it, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting to, it's, it's a little bit harder for me being in Europe and stuff like that, but I do have, I do have a sports network where I can catch a lot of stuff. I can catch the NFL, a couple of college games, uh, some college basketball, basketball, ice hockey, uh, soccer. Eventually we'll get to talk about some, uh, what they call football over here. So. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's one of the good things about moving to Florida and living down here in the state of Florida is the NASCAR, you got Homestead Speedway, and you got the Daytona 500. In college basketball, you got the University of Central Florida, you got the University of South Florida, you got University of Miami, you got Florida, you got Florida State, and then you got all these other smaller schools. And that's in college and college football and in pro football, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars. You got the Miami Dolphins. And then you talk baseball. You got the Miami Marlins. 
and you got the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And then you talk NBA basketball, you got the Orlando Magic, and you get the Miami Heat. So if you're a sports fan, my advice to you is move to fucking Florida. Because have you met Ron DeSantos yet? No, but he is the best governor in the whole United States of America. And thanks to Ron DeSantis, thanks to Ron DeSantis, I now have my medical marijuana card. And I fucking love it. It's a, I've been I've been smoking. Yeah. Yeah, right. One of them fuckers because I've been smoking marijuana for a long time, baby. But now I'm smoking marijuana legally. So would you guys agree to this? No matter what form of media or entertainment, sports is entertainment like movies are entertainment. There's a huge difference from watching it on television than go to experience it in real life. It's like a, a live event. P being part of that event is so much different than being at home and watching it on television. Would you agree with Absolutely. that? Absolutely. 100% agree with you. Nothing better than live. I don't care if you're if you're listening to music or watching sports, that was one thing I was thinking about. That's funny you brought, you brought it up to him. So, I mean, great minds do think alike. Because I was thinking about that, Mike, when Mike was talking about that, about NASCAR. This one thing when you're uh, when you're watching it on TV, I can't stand watching baseball on TV, but I love going to a baseball game. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I, golf. I, I can't stand watching golf on TV, but I don't mind – can't golf anymore. I need a few operations. I need about five operations before I can get out on the <laughs> Two knees, a hip, and a, and a couple shoulder surgeries. So, uh, but uh, yeah, those, those are it, it's live, live. I don't care if it's music or sport. It's always better when it's live. For sure. So the as you have, uh, how much do you attribute that to professional wrestling? I mean, that's combat sports, regardless. That's still combat sports. What anybody says about it, would you attribute those injuries to wrestling? One hundred percent. Yeah, no. Everything that I've had. I mean, dude, I was doing Santo Santons. I mean, my hips are messed up. Well, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what happened: was when when my first time I had a hip injury, I was in a car with uh, Dave Sierra. Uh, Cuban assassin around Portland and we were traveling from Lapine, Oregon in the wintertime down to Medford. Uh, we were staying, so we weren't heading back to Portland. So, and if anybody's been on those roads, they are just windy roads and, and they're, you know, you need to, you know, follow the speed limit sign. If it says 15 miles an hour, do 50 miles an hour, I can testify. And uh, if it says 25, do 25. And so we were going around these roads, these corners, and we caught a 15-mile-an-hour corner. I wasn't driving. It was eight, so what me. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is we went over the side of the cliff. And, I mean, the, the ravine, it was over 200 feet down to the bottom. But for some reason, there was this big-ass tree that had been cut down and left there. I mean, when I talk big-ass tree, um, when I'm talking to the, the – the circumference. I mean, this thing was massive. It was the big. It was as big as the trunk of the car that landed on it. That's how big it was. And we were in a Cutlass Sierra, kind of like that blue one I had chosen when I was in WCW, yeah. but it was a green one. And 
we went over that cliff and I remember us going on our nose. We were up on the nose and we did two flips and the trunk in the back seat landed on the back of that tree. And it was the only thing that stopped us from going all the way back into down to that bottom of that ravine. It was just me and Dave. Now the grappler was supposed to be in the car with us and he, he rode with the promoter. So uh, me and uh, me and Dave on ourselves. Otherwise I'd have been in the back seat and I'd be, I'd be a bloody pancake right now, right? And instead, I was in the front seat. And all I remember is, dude, we did, we, so we did a nose stand and then a couple of twists and another dive. And the trunk in the back seat was, was landed on the trunk and it was completely under the tree and it was completely smashed. And, and, and the window blew out. It was, I was on the passenger side, the window blew out. And uh, it was like all that glass hit me in the side of the, in the, in the, side of the, the stomach. And Dave's laying on top of me and he's going, Abby, Abby, open your door. And he went, you're on top of me, motherfucker. You open up your door. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm, I'm pushing his ass out and I've got it, you know, I've got my hands on his butt and I'm pushing him out and he climbs out and I, you know, so I helped him out. But instead of helping me, he's like running up. He thinks the car is going to explode or something like that because he, he's watched too many, uh, too many movies, you know. And so he thinks the car is going to explode and everything. So uh, I'm going, God, Dave, come back, you know. So he, he holds the door open so I can crawl my big fat ass out there. So he runs back up to the road thinking the, the thing's going to explode and everything like that. And I know guys are behind us. So, I mean, I'm, I'm worried about somebody coming on to us, right? So we're not going to freeze. So I just, I see that there's a, there's a little wedge and the trunk's kind of wedged open. And I pulled out, I pulled out Dave's Halliburton. I pulled out my bag and everything like that. And then I walked it up to the top of the road and then we got everything taken care of. And, you know, so anyway, um, I didn't notice it because I was in shock, but two days later, my hip started hurting really bad and it took about, and I, I couldn't walk during the day, but I would still get in the ring and wrestle at night. Right. And that's just the way it was. And so that was when I noticed that one. So that was, I've already had that hip place, but that was the worst one. And that's been hurting since, I, it was hurting since 2011, and I didn't have the operation in 2020. And, and then Mike, Mike can testify, from 2016, I was walking with with assistant. I needed a cane because of the hip. And so now I've had that replaced. And in the meantime, my knees and my, my knees said, okay, once everything else went, everything else said, hey, hey hello, I'm here. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, it, it all started causing problems, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he... So, he was walking around with the fucking cane since 2016. Now he's walking around with the fucking electronic scooter. <laughs> I still walk with the cane. No, Rip, though, seriously? Your story, brother, your story of your accident reminds me of Adrian Adonis. I don't think you guys ever knew him. That was before your time. But he died okay. very similarly to that. What you're telling me. No, wow. I met Adrian. He was at, Adrian was actually on the first wrestling show I ever saw in Yankton, South Dakota. And then I met him, I met him before he, he died. He did, he, he, it was up in uh, Canada, wasn't it? Uh, that was, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, no, no. They, great, great they, bump they, taker. The Wolfman, Adrian Adonis, and a moose actually crossed over in front of them when they were driving, and they plunged off a, a, uh, the cliff, like exactly what happened to you. And the ravine was like 300 feet, man. They crashed all the way down and died, every one of them. Yeah, like I said, you know, if that tree wouldn't have been there, if that tree wouldn't have been there, me and Dave would have been dead. 
No question about it. Well, thank God for fucking trees, right? Um, you know, I, I bet you every professional wrestler can tell you a story about when they almost died on the road traveling. You know, that's just that's just one of the things that comes with the job, you know, because you just never know what the fuck is going to happen. And the more you do something, the better chance there is of something actually happening to you, right? And I just, I just think that it's lucky that you're, that you're still here. It sucks. Adrian uh, didn't make it, but if there was a tree, a big fucking tree down that cliff where Adrian, he might still fucking be here, you know? So thank God for trees, right? I, I say, you know, because trees are, trees are great. They're great. They, they give us oxygen um, and they stop people from going down into big ravines. So <laughs> right, 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 right. So... Yeah, so you know, let's you know, Paul. Do you do you watch any professional wrestling on TV today? Um, I don't watch very much of it, but this is a this is the thing. This is a platform we're going to be talking about professional wrestling. We've had we've had this conversation. We're going to start talking about uh, professional wrestling in the future, and probably probably more and more on each show um, as we start to get familiar again with a lot of the wrestling. Um, but um, I, I was looking through a couple of tapes today. I just, I can't do, I can't do all these long, long 20 minute interview shit. I'm, I'm, you know, back in the day when I learned how to wrestle and stuff like that, they always said, if you can't get it over, if you can't get it, what you got to say over in two minutes, then you're in the wrong business. Right. And that's the way it always was. You had like, when we were out in Portland, had a two minute uh, interview segment, or we, maybe we had a 30 second segment. So you had to get all your shit in. And, you know, and make it make sense and, and tell part of the story within a certain amount of time. And and then a lot of the action was in the room. I, I mean, was in the ring. I miss the day of enhancement wrestlers, but I also miss the days of the small territories like the Portland that had a TV. We used to go up against, uh, we used to go, when I was working for Don, we used to go up against uh, WWF's uh, Saturday Night Main Event, which was on NBC. And it was only on once a month. And we on Portland on, on the Channel Forty Nine, I believe, we used to do better ratings in Oregon than the WWF did on that Saturday night. Um, and we were we were just a dude. We were we were there. People loved watching us. I mean, everybody. You know, you walk around Portland and people knew who you were. You know, it was that was the days of the territory. I mean, I feel sorry for the guys that didn't get to live it. Mike got to live it in in Germany, but it, you know, it was already kind of a dying breed in, in, in the United States. I was fortunate, fortunate enough to just get on the dying end of it. And that was, I mean, then that, the, the territory wrestling was really a great thing because that's where you learned how to do your trade before you ended up on, before you ended up on the bigger stages at that time, the WWF or WCW or before that, the NWA and stuff. And you learned, and you would go somewhere. You'd wrestle for you'd wrestle for three months. You, you know, your run was over. You'd go to the next territory. You'd wrestle for three months. And if you were green, so the people would see you when you were green. Then you'd come back about eighteen months later, a year or eighteen months later. You'd wrestle again, and you were like lower middle card. You'd come back again. You were upper middle card. And then when you come back the next time, you're fighting for the belt. Fight, you know. 
or shit like that. And then you had your mainstays that were there in the territories. And you know what? I mean, I got an opportunity to work with some really incredible wrestlers, whether it was Buddy Rose, Grappler, Mike Golden, uh, guys like uh, Ed, Ed, uh, Ed DeBeers, uh, Lasowski. Uh, I was with Matt Bourne out there, Steve Dahl, Scott Peterson. They were called the Southern Rockers. He knew Rex, he knew Steve. Uh, they're both got the rest of souls. Uh, but, uh, but the thing is, is I was out there and we were learning our trade and dude, people loved us. And we were filling houses up. We were putting asses in seats and, and like Steve, Scott, myself, Rex, um, all those guys, we were all relatively green, but we were the backbone. I mean, you had your, you had your stalwarts like, like, uh, like Stephen Assassin and, 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 uh, Lenny Denton and Buddy and those, but I mean, we were the guys taking bumps and working our butt off and learning the trade because those guys were showing us how it was done. I mean, what a pleasure it was. Actually, Buddy didn't want to wrestle. He didn't want to be my tag partner, but he reluctantly Me did either. it because what happened? <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well here, what happened? What happened with Buddy was I can't. I was sitting in the drive because I was driving with Buddy and, and Lenny and and the beers every day in this Pathfinder. We'd be driving down the road as a hills. And uh, and the thing is, is I said to Lenny one day, Buddy wasn't on the show that day. And I said, Lenny, man, I got an idea for me and Buddy. And he goes, Well, what's that? So I said, uh, What if you? What if you? Because we both had blonde hair at the time. I had a bleach blonde hair from my last gimmick with Mike, uh, Mike Golden. And I said, What if you put us together and call us the Beach Boys? <laughs> you know, a couple big fat guys in Bermuda shorts and everything like that. And uh, Lenny loved it. He ran it by Don. Don said. He loved it. It was great. Buddy was reluctant because he was doing his Playboy gimmick and stuff like that. But he came along and he did it anyway. And for two weeks, Ed Costas, he goes, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this week on in two weeks time, professional wrestling, we got a new tag team coming to the Pacific Northwest. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beach Boys. Next week, we'll have a picture for you. But until then, and then he'd sign off the show, right? So the next week came, no pictures. No pictures still. He goes, we still don't have any pictures. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next week, the Beach Boys are going to be here. Brand new tag team coming from California. And they'll be here next week. And don't forget to buy your tickets early. Dude, the house was like double. The house was double. And so there, everybody's waiting for the Beach Boys to come out and ready to cheer for them. And I went out and I bought like a wipeout for the Fat Boys. Appropriate. Right? So I, I got I got the, the Fat Boys and all of a sudden, the music went on, and the people pop, right? And me and Buddy come out the door and around the corner, instant heat, dude. We had we had a really good run with the Southern Rockers, and yeah, we filled we filled the house up, and uh, we me and Buddy took the belts, and and uh, and then we we did our little run with the Rockers, man. It was just a nice. thing. Really, it was really it was really fun, and those were great times. And I was just appreciative because guys like Lenny and Don Owens actually listened to me and I was just green, you know, I was green as grass. You know what I mean? So it was kind of neat. So anyway, yeah, great, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, great times. You know, that that's a fucking great story, you know, and both you and I have a million of them. So people sit back, relax, get a beer, get a cup of coffee, whatever your drink of choice is. And just enjoy and listen because this is real life shit. This happened to all of us. And, um, you know, we're just here to share our lives with you, get personal with you, get to know us, 
And, you know, you're going to end up loving us, man, because we're two fat, lovable guys, you know. Um, that's a great story. And we can talk about, we get to talk about current events as well, Mike. You know what yeah. I mean? We're not just talking about us. We're sharing life stories, but we're, we're uh, sharing life stories in a, in a, in a format where we can share it around other sports and other topics. And we compare our life and our experiences with, 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 with the fans. And that's a great yeah. thing and with Tim, with Tim and, and Monty and Farrell. I mean, this is, again, it's another great opportunity. I mean, I know we sound like we're kissing ass, but it's not about it. It's because we really feel like, you know, we've been, we've been on that fringe and we have been, we've been, you know, we've been blocked. We've been cock blocked, so to speak, by a number of people. And as we've said in the last episodes, you know, nobody can, nobody can stop us from talking about us and talking about what we've seen and done. No, this is our format. And thanks again to Monty and the Pharaoh and, and uh, Tim Beal, because this is what is going to identify us. This is going to, this is the thing that is, I'm going to be, this is going to define me in my life, not just what I did before, but what I'm doing now is what I want to define me. So, and I don't know about yeah. you, Mike. Well, listen, I just know that I'm living my best life down here in Florida. I'm the best version of myself and I keep getting better and better every day. I want to improve. I want to inspire people. I want to share my happiness with people and, you know, I'm content but there's still a lot of shit that I want to do. There's a lot of shit out there still that's within my grasp. And, and you know, I'm going to make it happen. And I want to bring everybody along yep. for the ride in so they can, they can share in our success, you know, share our happiness. They can feel our love and they can feel our passion for the sport and what we've done for most of our life. Because, you know, it's all about the fans. And, you, you know, make them feel. Can you make them feel it? You know, yes. and, and that's the thing, you know, you go back to the David Allen Cole song, man. And and uh, I think about that all the time. David Allen Cole, the ride, man. And that's 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 apropos just what you said, Mike, because it is we we want to make we want to make the fan base feel what we're talking about, feel like they're part of our lives, man. Because that's what uh, we're sharing, man. We're sharing and, and you know, maybe they can learn from our mistakes. Yeah, you know, listen, when I when I'm telling a story and I'm 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 sharing my my life uh, with with all you people, I want you to to sit right here and I want you to see everything through my eyes. I want you to feel your experience happening through my experience. And if I can make that happen, then I'm successful. You know, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hearing a couple stories about you all that I've never heard before. And I'm just fucking living it up, man. I'm soaking it all in. I'm a big fucking sponge. You know, I learned something new today about my fat friend. And um, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty impressed. You know, um, we've definitely lived a great life. And we're both lucky enough to still be here to talk about it. And, and that's you what's important. You call you yourself know. a sponge. You crack me up. You say some of the funniest yeah. things without even I am. I, I am the most. I love simple you, buddy. I love you. I am the most simply outstanding sponge that any of you fuckers will ever see. Amen to that, man. Hey, <laughs> everybody, don't let your meat low. We'll see you on the next episode. This has been episode three, and I know Mike has got something he really wants to tell you.
Well, you know what time it is, baby. It's SOB Sports Motto time. And our motto here at SOB Sports is, you only die once, but you live every fucking day. Ooh! Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo.